What's up, fools? This is Nigel McGuinness. This is Nick and Matt Jackson. Hey, this is TJ Perkins. This is Mike Mondo. This is Ring of Honor's Adam Cole. This is the Force, Red Titus. This is the king of old school, Steve Reno. The ROH Podcast. Or is it ROH Cast at ROHWorld.com? Stay tuned, wankers. They say they made all podcasts equal. They were wrong. Two, two. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 84 of the ROH cast. My name's Harry, I'm the web designer and co-owner of ROHworld.com. As always, I'm here with the other co-owner and the editor of the website, the podcast missionary, Stephen. Hello everyone. And the man, simply known as Podcast's Worst Nightmare, John. Now that Charlie Haas is retired, do we have to take the toot toots out the intro? No. I don't know, do we? No, they're infamous. They're... Half of the people in our intro aren't ring, ring of honor anymore anyway. So. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> yeah, we didn't take TJP and the books out of there, did we? So. Well, when they come on the ROH cast, there's, there's nowhere else to go. That's the, the top of the mountain, isn't it? It's only, it's only down from there, so... <laughs> Well, that's that's a thought though. Charlie Haas will now never be on the podcast. That that dream of you know being able to use Haas puns as he was here, it's it's over. It's never going to happen. It's, it's very sad. <laughs> um, anyway, this week we're not going to do our usual show because uh, we have a pay per view to review. Supercard of Honor Seven took place last Friday in New York, and uh, it was aired on iPayPerView Live, or most of it was. Um, we're not going to do the usual show where we talk about the news and the TV show and the spoilers because if we did did all of that with the iPay-Per-View review, it would take way too long. And last time, me and John went for what, an hour and a half or something? It yeah, was, and I was uh, ready to be finished by first 10 minutes. Yeah, so we're probably going to do talk about the spoilers and the TV show next week or later this week, depending on our schedule and everything. So uh, just keep an eye on the forum and we'll let you know when the next uh, episode is for your questions, etc. So we'll uh, we'll get right to the iPay-Per-View. The, ma- the show began with ACH and Tadarius Thomas taking on QT Marshall and a mystery tag team partner and... After a long, drawn-out promo by R.D. Evans, talking about, you know, maybe it was Mike Quackenbush he hinted at, um, it was just R.D. Evans, as we all predicted. <laughs> we all knew it was going to be him, and the, he, that promo went on way too long, if you ask me. But um, when the match actually got started, I'll go to you first, Stephen. What did you think? I thought it was pretty much perfect for what, you know, it was It was meant to be. It was meant to be a pretty funny sort of match, Um but even though it was, it was you know, there's a lot of comedy in it. It was still a, a pretty entertaining match. You know, RC, ACH, and uh, Tadarius Thomas, I think, worked pretty well as a team. Uh, you know, I'm not, I wasn't a massive fan of uh, Thomas when he was on his own because I think he's, I don't know, his star, I think, is a bit sort of too much uh, as a singles guy. But I think as a tag team, uh, it sort of, uh, you know, breaks him down a little bit. And ACH has, has been brilliant since he came in. So I think they yeah look quite good as a tag team and. You know, QT and RD as well. They, I think they they could go ahead, you know, and be sort of a lower card sort of comedy tag team. Mm. I suppose like the new uh, Bravado Brothers, really. Um, yeah, I I thought this was a a pretty fun match to start the show. Nobody expected this to be a classic or anything, but um, yeah, I think it, it did its job and it started off the show pretty well. John, I have to agree. I think that Marshall and Evans, you know, probably good comedy aspect to it, especially Evans. He is so funny to watch, and just some of the things he did, like the, uh, like the springboard over the top where he could barely make it over the top rope and stuff like that, just, <laughs> ha- just had me laughing. But I think ACH and Thomas worked very well as a tag team. They're the mm. ones who kind of brought like the excitement to this match, and they kind of carried the match in the, uh, in the action portion. And I think, like Steven said, they work very well as a tag team. I think having somebody there to kind of balance them out makes Thomas's offense more effective, so you're not seeing so much of it over... A long yeah. period of time, and ACH is just a ton of fun to watch. Just he's going to be a big star in this company, mm. and th- like this, like I've said like three times already, but this was just a very fun match in a perfect way to start off the show. After the sort of long promo at the start, it took me a while to get into this, but then it did turn out quite good. And as as Steve said, it was a perfect open. It was a great way to kick off the show, really. So moving on. We then have Shelton Benjamin come out to the ring, and he said that Charlie Haas isn't here tonight, 
after he uh, infamously retired last week at the war show. Um, he basically invited Cheeseburger into the ring and says that he deserves a, you know, a hand, a round of applause for standing up to Charlie Haas. And he also said that um, the reason Haas wasn't there was because he's scared of Cheeseburger. And I think that is the real reason. Shelton Benjamin has uncovered the, the truth behind the retirement. Um, but then out of nowhere, Mike Bennett comes to the ring with Maria and uh, Brutal Bob. Bennett says that the crowd are pathetic as usual and that he's the hottest free agent in entertainment today with people offering him was it record deals and <laughs> movie roles, etc., apparently. I want to hear Mike Bennett try to sing. Yeah, that would be a... Didn't he say be... a, a, a rap CD as well? Yeah, hip-hop. Mike Bennett doing rap would be amazing. Yeah, and hip-hop. And just as Bennett was about to make the major announcement of what company he's going to sign for, Cheeseburger ripped the mic out of his hand and called Brutal Bob his dad, and he referred to Maria as... Well, I'm not going to say what he said, <laughs> but it was <laughs> a legendary insult to Maria. Derogatory. Quite yes. derogatory. It would make, as John said in his review, it would make Charlie Haas blush the language that she <laughs> used towards Maria. Um, and then Bennett just killed Cheeseburger. That's it. <laughs> He's dead, I'm afraid. We're not going to see that, that character again, but... He basically got knocked out and he was carried off like a corpse by some ringside crew member. <laughs> and this led to Mike Bennett versus Shelton Benjamin. So, why do Ring of Honor, whenever there's someone who's having a one-off match, put him with Bennett. Like, well, luckily, they didn't put Carl Anderson in with Bennett. That would have been annoying, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, so, basically, Mike Bennett defeated Shelton. And I'm struggling to remember the finish because it was very early in the morning when this happened. I believe it was a roll-up, and didn't he have his feet on the ropes and, like, Bennett was holding his... Brutal Bob was holding Bennett's feet down or something. I think, didn't Shelton go for a sunset flip and then Bennett sort of dropped down and I think Brutal Bob was, like... Holding his arms. Yeah, pulling his arms to make sure he didn't kick out or something. Yeah, it was was that sort of finish, I think. Even though they could have just given Bennett the clean win because I can't see Benjamin... Coming no, back. I think, think that's probably Why it. Why would you give Benny a, a clean win, you know? Yeah, that's true. That, that um, true. And we also had a weird, very interesting bit on the open where Maria <laughs> sort of, I don't know, she thought Mike Bennett was behind her and she was sort of, how do you describe it, John? You, you sort of know about this sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> she was kind of uh, allowing, I guess it was Shelton Benjamin to molest her. <laughs> it's not, it's not molest. Molesting if it's allowed. Yeah, that's true. To grope is that is that the correct? That, that's still. It was it was in a feel basically to be. Yeah. It was, it was a, to yeah, it was a step and, above what Mondo usually does. Yeah, he he didn't. <laughs> it, she didn't realise it was Shelton Benjamin until these large black hands were <laughs> best. And uh, a giveaway that really wasn't. It? Yeah, <laughs> he couldn't really do that. And I believe Caleb Seltzer said she had jungle fever. Uh, <laughs> This happened at some point during the match, but I'll go to you first, John. What did you think of the the match itself, aside from the silly antics with Maria? Uh, the match itself was perfectly fine for what it was supposed to be. I thought it was another really fun match. It was not really focused on the technical res- wrestling aspect or the or the, just like the in ring aspect at all. It was more like a entertaining sports entertainment type match, and I thought it worked perfectly well for what it was trying to be, and I really enjoyed it. And not just because Maria was dancing around. <laughs> Stephen? Yeah, I have to echo what John said. It wasn't a typical ROH type of match. Uh, but I, th- I, th- I really enjoyed it. I think it was, you know, it, it wasn't a classic. I don't think anyone expected it to be with, you know, Benjamin and Benny. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be a bit of a stinker. But, uh, you know, there worked a lot of comedy into it again, much like the first match, really. It was a, it was just a fun match to watch, really. Um it, it did drag the first few minutes. I thought they it really did drag, but towards the end, you had, as you said, you know, the, the Maria spot, and then they had a, a couple of decent, uh, I think, like close kickouts as well, if I remember correctly. And yeah, um, the finish wasn't, you know, it was just a typical Mike Bennett win, really, wasn't it? But um, yeah, I thought I thought the match overall was was pretty good. The 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 promo at the start was really dragged out, but I think that was just because we'd had a really long primer before the first match, and then... Benjamin is not the best on the mic, is he, really, so... No, I didn't think he was too bad this time, but... Compared I, I to think... normal, yeah, he was better than normal, but he's still not, sort of, 
the most charismatic individual on the mic, is he? I mean, che- Cheeseburger stole the show in terms of promos. <laughs> he was. And I was, was I the only one that thought when Benjamin called Cheeseburger into the ring that Benjamin was going like, to turn heel and destroy Cheeseburger? Yes, that's what I, I was kind of hoping was going to happen. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was just going to destroy him. and Or he was going to reveal him to be his son like you were. Yes. You've been saying for weeks. That is That was the big reveal. I, was, I don't know why they didn't book that. But, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a, another good match without ever being you know, brilliant right. but I, I think it sort of it, it played its part it did its uh, its job on the card so it was a yeah it was a good match so up next we had the match that we were all looking forward to the most I think we we're all in agreement here um, the no more contendership match between Michael Elgin and unbeatable Jay Lethal but that he wasn't unbeatable Michael Elgin defeated Jay Lethal to become the no more contender for the ROH World title and I have a theory about this. When Jay Lethal botched his entrance and fell over the rope, <laughs> he jinxed himself, and sort of like <laughs> that's the re- that's the only reason he lost. If he, you know, his his normal entrance is what gives him his power to be unbeatable, and he and he messed it up, so he just that threw him off the entire match, and that's why he lost. So Elgin's lucky there that he fell over. So I personally would say that this match delivered. It was as everything I expected. It was just as good as I wanted it to be. Um, probably my favourite match of the night, toss up between that and the tag title match. But Stephen, what did you think of this? Did it live up to your expectations? Yeah, I think this match was exactly how I imagined it to be. In my opinion, it was the best match of the night. I just thought these two were they gelled really well. I think Lethal again. I think he's just really underrated in the ring. I know a lot of people don't particularly like his his gimmick, but I think in the ring he always delivers, and you know everyone loves Elgin anyway. So. Uh, it was one of those matches. Like thinking back now, I can't really remember too sort of much detail into it, but I just remember it being a really, really fantastic match. And uh, yeah, I can't really, th- I can't really think of what else to say really, apart from it's one of those matches that I would definitely go back and watch again. Like I'd be, mm. you know, I'd definitely go out of my way to watch it. And it, in my opinion, it was, yeah, it was definitely the best match on the card. I think it was slightly better than the tag match, and one of the best uh, matches so far this year, I think. We gotta give credit to Lethal. I mean, look at the past I pay per views we've had, and Lethal's been doing fantastic matches on all of them, hasn't he? So credit to him. He had that great match with Davey. Was that Glory Burner? Or that was Glory by Honor. Yeah, yeah. That, and the, the, the match with Steen was good at 11th anniversary as well. So yeah, as you say, he is he does he is under, very underrated. I would say. Mm, I think the thing with Ring of Honor, like when Ring of Honor was great, you used to have amazing main events and you know, usually one or two really, really great matches on the undercard as well. And I think last year especially, we didn't really see that. We had, used, you know, Ring Runner always puts on good main events, but a lot of the undercard was sort of just there, wasn't really, you know, much good. But as you say, you know, the Lethal and Davy match was absolutely brilliant. And this one again, you know, it was, I think it always makes a show better when you've got, you know, a really fantastic match in the, in the first half of the card as well. And, uh, I think that's what made Ring of Honor, you know, great, and it looks like we're we're getting back to that sort of uh, sort of um, schedule with with the cards and, and the matches. Mm. So I'm really glad that we're we're sort of going back that way. John, do you have anything to add about the uh, Lethal Elgin match? Uh, I just have to agree. I thought this was an incredible match. They did a very good job, kind of playing off each other and all the counters they did to each other's moves. It was like counter after counter after counter, and it was just amazing to watch what they can come up with. And as usual, we get to see Elgin's freakish strength come into play. And I was amazed actually to watch him actually be able to do the deadlift superplex to Lethal. Mm. That was probably like the best part of this match to me. But throughout the entire match was just great near falls and great counters and just great wrestling sequences. And I was uh, happy to see Elgin get the win in the end. And that just kind of look at the astonishment on his face at the end was well done too, I thought. Just kind of really... Made it made it real like made it seem like he was surprised that he finally was able to put away Jay Lethal. Mm. Well, he is unbeatable, so you know you've got to be shocked if you can beat him somehow. Um, after the match, Scum hit the ring and started beating down Elgin and Lethal, which then led to our next match, which got to a very sort of abrupt start with the ten-man war between Scum and Team Ring of Honor. Um, Scum was Jimmy Jacobs, Jimmy Rave, Rhett Titus, Rhino, and Cliff Compton. Uh, Team ROH was BJ Whitmer, Caprice Coleman, Cedric Alexander, Mark Briscoe, and Mike Mondo. Um, personally, I don't remember much from this match. I remember being very chaotic, 
Karina was on commentary, who was fantastic. And we sort of had Caleb Seltzer standing up to Karina, which I thought, oh, this is good. He's showing some sort of passion instead of just having <laughs> no, no comeback to the um, wrestlers, which is what he normally did. He was sort of defending Ring of Honor and sort of not agreeing with Scrum's message, messages and all that. And then out of nowhere, Karina snapped. <laughs> he sort of threw off Seltzer's headset, slapped him around, and then chucked him into the barricade. And then <laughs> that was it. He was gone. He was he was carried out after this match and he wasn't seen again. Um, so depending on your opinions on on Caleb Seltzer, you may be happy or not with that decision. <laughs> but um, so apart from that, I seem to remember B.J. Whitmer was handcuffed to the bottom rope, and some powder was thrown into Mondo's eyes towards the end. Um, yeah, I so. And I believe Rhino picked up the win with a gore to uh, I think it was on Caprice Coleman. I think he got to pick yeah, up the victory. Um, so what did you guys think? I'll go to you first, John, of the chaotic 10-man war. I don't really remember a thing from this match other than <laughs> what you just said. This was probably my least favorite match of the night. It was not what I expected it to be at all. I thought this would just be a wild brawl kind of all over the Hammerstein ballroom, but it kind of turned into a normal 10-man tag pretty quickly with just a little bit more cheating from scum thrown in. But uh, this was just kind of there, I guess. It wasn't anything good, but it wasn't anything bad. Steven? Um, I, I thought it was actually pretty good. I know it wasn't as hectic as maybe some people thought it would be, but I guess with you know this storyline is still really sort of in its infancy, so there's still mm. loads of way to go, so they don't want to get too crazy just yet because then they'll, you know, a couple of months down the line, what they're going to do then. Um, but I, I thought it was really good. I thought, as you say, you know, the uh, sort of um, interaction between Seltzer and Karina was was good. Uh, it, and at least Scum now are actually doing, you know, under Cornet, Scum were just there and they weren't doing anything. But at least, you know, Delirious has turned them into a force that are actually, they're, they're, you know, they're actually doing stuff. They're, they are sort of causing mayhem, which is, you know, what they were there to do, really. Um, mm. I, again, uh, maybe because this was, probably like three o'clock in the morning at this time, but I don't particularly remember too much of this match. But I, from what I do remember, I, I did I did enjoy it, and I thought it was it was better than what I was expecting because I wasn't really expecting much from this match. But um, no, they, they did have sort of periods of where they just sort of brawled around the ring. I know at the start they did, and then it, they uh, had a bit more order. And um, I, like, I like the way the you know, Scummer doing the whole handcuff thing. That's sort of become... Sort of one of their things to do now, hasn't it? You know, they're that, uh, they're doing that a lot, and obviously it would make sense because you know it would give you an extra extra person, wouldn't it? So, uh, I, yeah, I thought this match was was mm. pretty good from what I remember. Um, and yeah, and again, a good way to continue the show, especially after the the you know without after the Algin and Lethal match, any match after that was going to struggle to sort of follow it. So I think by using this match in in, in this spot. It was, uh, it made it was sense, a good choice, it? yeah. I think it was a good idea to have Scum win as well. We talked about this before, that yeah. if Scum was to lose here, they'd just look stupid and no one really could take the group seriously. But it's good that Scum did pick up that win, which obviously keeps the storyline going. And um, with Caleb Seltzer taken out, Nigel McGuinness joined Kevin Kelly for the second half, which, uh, sorry Caleb, but I can't argue with that. <laughs> Nigel's fantastic commentator, so it's good to have him back for the... Um, for the second half, which began with uh, Machine Gun Carl Anderson defeating Roderick Strong. Um, unfortunately, my stream botched um, right during the finish of this one, so I didn't actually see the end, but I believe he picked up the win with the Ace Crusher. Um, I did see most of the match, and I did quite enjoy it, and I'd have no problem with Carl Anderson making more appearances. Um, based on the fact that he defeated Strong, it would perhaps indicate that he's going to you'd think he's, he's going to come back or stick around because they wouldn't put a guy over if he's just going to go back to Japan. But um, I'll go to you first, John. What did you think of this one? Yeah, this is my first time seeing Carl Anderson wrestle, and I came away very impressed. He was kind of just like a big kind of powerhouse guy who really was kind of just like a tough guy. And it, I thought it worked really well meshing with Strong style. And there were some really good spots in this match, uh, like when – uh, strong kind of suplex Anderson like into the barricades like stomach first. Mm, oh, that looked painful, yeah. 
and just throughout the match how they kind of just went back and forth. And at the end, when they were just both trying to hit their finishers, and neither one could until Anderson finally was able to hit the ace treasure and pick up the win. I just thought it was a very good match and started the second half of the show off in a great fashion. Steven? I'm sorry, I completely wasn't listening to what you just said. Oh my god. <laughs> this I is so unprofessional. Is. Do you even know what is. match we're talking about? Yeah, the Carl Anderson one. But we'll go on then. What do you think of it? Again, I, I don't know if I'm just sort of experiencing <laughs> short-term memory loss, but I can't really remember what much of... I can sort of remember what I thought of the match, but I can't sort of give a reason for it. I thought it was good, but I don't. in my opinion, it wasn't as good as I think some other people thought it was. Uh, I I thought Anderson did fit in with the you know the whole Ring of Honor style. I thought that was that was good that he, you know he he did fit in and you 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 always know what you're going to get from Strong. That's why Ring of Honor put him in with these you know a lot of the guys that they bring in because they know they're going to get a good solid match out of him. And you know he does sort of mesh well with a lot of uh, different styles and yeah, basically (laughs) I thought it was I thought it was good. I'm not sure it was. I don't think it was as as good as the Elgin and and Lethal match. No. yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be against Anderson coming back for a, f- a few more matches. As you said, you know, putting him over strong, that would sort of uh, suggest that they would will be using him in the future. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a good way to start the second half of the show. I'm glad that they put it, it in this spot. And, uh, yeah, it was a good, good start to the second half. I think they need to figure out what they want to do with Roderick Strong. He's sort of just floating just there, around on the he? roster, isn't, isn't he? He's such a good talent that... They need to figure out what they want to do with him. And I think he needs to be involved in the Scum storyline because that's the biggest thing in Ring of Honor right now. And he needs to essentially be put on one of the two sides and become a major player on that team because he's such a big name, such a talented guy that he would add a lot to that feud. And, you know, we always say that Scum is lacking in sort of legit main eventers and guys that are going to put on a really good matches. So why not have Roderick Strong on there? I think they will get him in there somehow because every single one of his matches they seem to like mention that you know Strong has, hasn't picked a side in this yet and mm. they do seem to be making very heavy references to that. So That's good because he needs to do something because he's, you can't have a guy that talented just sort of floating around. No, he just seems to... He'll, he beats you know a jobber or a lower card guy on, on the TV show and then he'll lose... Uh, an eye pay per view. So it's you know his wins don't mean anything. He's just sort of mm. the last few months, you know, since his uh, feud against Elgin ended, he hasn't he's done nothing really, has he? And even this, the feud of Elgin, in my opinion, wasn't it wasn't that very great. good. Yeah, I mean, the they ma- had the like, matches were good, but the, the two out of three falls match bit. was very good, but the actual storyline was completely dragged out. And yeah, the storyline was ruined by the amount of time that they took to pull the trigger. Because in the end, it was just a bit of a farce. No one, really, no one cared by that point. No. Um, so then we get to the ROH TV title match. It was a three-way elimination match. I don't think we actually knew that before the... Uh, no. <laughs> I was shocked. I thought, oh, no, not gonna, he's not going to lose, is he, Matt Taven, if it's elimination? Um, but Matt Taven did retain. He defeated Adam Cole and Matt Hardy in the triple threat elimination match. Um, Matt Hardy was eliminated by Adam Cole uh, by using a, a low blow and a roll-up, similar to what... Um, Matt Hardy used on him at Final Battle and then very very quickly after that there were some outside shenanigans which led to nothing involved Steve Carino um, Truth Martini which then led to Matt Taven using his modified DDT to retain the title um, I personally was was very disappointed with this one I think it was in my opinion the worst match of the night which isn't yeah, saying it was absolutely point. dreadful because it wasn't, but it wasn't very good either. Um, you know, if you could say that a, a Mike Bennett Shelton Benjamin match was better than this, and you know, you know something went wrong. I think it was just an off night for these guys or something. And in addition to that, there was just too much going on, on the outside. It was, it was. I mean, if I was like the wrestlers, I'd be a bit pissed off because the cameras, the crowd, and commentators were all focused on Nigel McGuinness getting a lap dance, which yeah, it's funny, but. <laughs> It's stupid to do. There was no real like, reason for it either. No, it's like, I mean, yeah, that girl's quite hot, but but we can who, see that she's hot without her sitting on my, uh, Nigel McGuinness. We don't need to see that. We yeah, everyone, I mean, everyone has eyes. Everyone may, maybe do that as a segment on the TV show if they want to start some storyline yeah. where Truth Martini is sort of kissing Nigel's ass, basically. But 
don't do it during an IPFV title match. It just sort of took away from the match and no one really was paying attention to the ring and what was going on in the ring wasn't that great anyway. And uh, just just get rid of Matt Hardy. I think if Matt Hardy wasn't in this, it would have been better because I don't think he added anything to the match. And get rid of the outside shenanigans and maybe it would have been an all-around better match. But overall, very disappointed. And maybe Truth Martini just needs to dial it back a little bit so Matt Taven can be the focus of the House of Truth not him and his hoopla hearties John? Yeah I don't oh, oh, Stephen. Go on. Go on, no go on Stephen actually no, so I, don't know, I don't really know what was wrong with the match I mean I'm, I didn't particularly enjoy it but I suppose it was the you know, as you said you know, the outs, everything on the outside was you know, the first like, five minutes of the match was literally I think even Kevin Kelly said at one point oh there's a match going on in the ring and, there like, was some fans shouting at during like the lap dance shenanigan, there was some fan yeah. shouting at Kelly, call the match, and he was like, what, wait, there's a match? What match, oh. what match, yeah. It's like, for God's sake, Kelly. Yeah, exactly, so, uh, I, th- I don't, yeah, I don't think these three really gelled, I, I would have preferred a Taven and Cole sort of rematch. Uh, I can see why they put Matt Hardy in it, and I thought Matt Hardy was, acted very uh, well after his uh, elimination, when he did the fake crying thing with Karina, I thought that was really good. Um, I don't. I don't mind Matt Hardy's character in Ring of Honor. I think it's quite funny. But in yeah, in the ring, he's just just give it to any other wrestler. Give it to yes. John for all I care. <laughs> there's just sort of I don't know. There's just nothing nothing to draw you into. Why would you? Why is, no one wants to see him? I'm, that's just a fact. No, you're I, about I think to see Ed, a lot more of him based on the spoilers. Well, sure. yeah, but I can. Uh, I don't know what to say. I don't. I don't mind his character, but I don't want him. Being world heavyweight champion, I don't want him being in title matches on iPay per view. I, I, I don't mind. I don't mind if he's in five, ten, you know, five on five tag matches where it's just a little part of a match where we can just sort of forget that he's there. Yeah. But when he's an integral part of the show, that's when it's sort of you know why why are we doing this? Because yeah, why is he here? Seriously, guys. Like he always got eight hundred thousand followers on. Twitter or whatever it is, and how many of them bought the pay-per-view to see Matt Hardy? Here's yeah. a spoiler, none of them. <laughs> what about you, John? Were you as disappointed as uh, me and Stephen? I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. I was getting a lap dance from Scarlett. <laughs> There's a podcast going on here, John. God. But uh, yeah, this match was kind of there. It was really overshadowed by the outside shenanigans of Truth Martini and Scarlett. Not that that's a terrible thing, because it didn't really go on too long it was just kind of like a comedy thing at the beginning but after that the match kind of has to pick up and it really never got out of first gear but i did like how cole eliminated hardy it was kind of like his vengeance and he got his revenge on hardy in the same way that hardy beat him at final battle and i was happy to see taven actually get the win because i was kind of worried that something might happen to where he'd lose but yeah and and hardy like steven said hardy's character is fine just he's nothing special in the ring but i thought him crying after the match was probably one of the most brilliant things they did on the entire show <laughs> i thought that was so funny but for the match itself it was okay nothing special it was probably one of the weaker matches of the night but it wasn't bad by any means but i oh, sorry go, go, oh, go ahead no i was gonna say I, th- I think you said earlier that they need to start making taven more the emphasis of the house of truth because really at the moment truth martini might as well just be tv champion because he yeah. is he is the house of truth and you know i, I love truth martini i think he's hilarious and you know the, the whole hoopla hotties thing is is great but you know matt matt taven is is the champion and the whole reason that they've put him with truth martini is to make him a star and to elevate him up the card so not elevate martini up the card so no and you know he's he won the mat he won the TV title after interference from Martini. He won this match because I think it was Carino got in the ring and mm-hmm. there was some sort of interference at the end. And you know the the four four way match at the War Show that he got pinned by ACH. You know I mean he yeah. really hasn't as much as I like Taven. I think it was a good idea to give him the TV title. I can see why some people would say you know why he why has is he the champion. Yeah, yeah, they've not really. They've not built him up. They've not really given much credibility yet. So I hope, you know, he starts getting some big wins again. You know, some decent title defenses and starts to win matches without. Because I think this was the problem when Strong was with Martini, especially towards the end. Like every single match was ended with Martini that, hitting someone with that a book damn of truth. book of truth. Yeah, it's just. I mean, 
I say I love Martini, but towards yeah, when every single match is ending because he's hitting someone with a with a book, it's like, come on, guys, you know, mm. at least mix it up a little bit. You know, the odd interference, that's fine because you know he's a heel and you know that's 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 fine. But I th- I think we need to start making Taven look more credible as champion, and I think that'll help him in the in the long run. I mean, there's other ways you can cheat, you know, roll up low below the tights. He doesn't have to have Martini because it just makes it look worse when. He can't cheat on his own. He has to have, you know, Martini do it for yeah. him. So and he doesn't I, even have to be like a, an interference that leads to a finish. It could just lead to him getting control, and then he wins a couple of minutes afterwards. So you're not sitting there going, "Oh, he's won because of interference." Yeah, you know, you can still have the interference without it leading to a pin, and therefore you thinking this guy can't win on his own. So I think they can get around it, but I think they just need to book him a bit more smart, smartly. I'm starting to think that. When Matt Taven does have a match, they should put Martini on commentary because he's great on commentary. In that way, he's not as much of a focus because the crowd aren't paying any attention to him because he just sat with a headset on. But we still well, get they... to hear him in his character and just don't have the hoopla hearties when there's matches. Just have them for the segments, I think, because they distract the crowd a lot because obviously it's just room for the guys. So obviously they're going to look at the woman rather than what's going on in the ring. So they need to just make it purely the focus be on Taven, not some ass of some woman at ringside. Well, they did put Truth Martini on commentary at war, and he was still kind of getting into it with the fans and stuff on commentary, yelling at the fans. And he actually left commentary to do some distracting things around ringside. Mm. So I'm not sure how much that would actually help. Well, it perhaps would help more at the some of the TV tapings that they're sat further away, aren't they? The, the commentary table is usually in a separate area where you can't get to the ring as easily, so... Maybe sort of put him far away with a headset on, or sort of control him a bit. Put the rain. You need to just have like put, put the reins on Martini a bit. Just hold him back. But um, yeah, anything else to add on the uh, sort of TV title situation? No, I think it was a bit disappointing. But as you say, it was probably the worst match on the car. But it wasn't a bad match. It was just disappointing. It wasn't as good as a lot of people had, had thought it would be. And yeah. we all thought that was the match that either had like the most potential to be good or be terrible too. So. Yeah, yeah. it was either going to be one or the other, wasn't it? It was either going to be really good or just be a bit of a flop and it ended up being a bit of a flop. There's a martini pun in there somewhere. Yeah, I know, but... I thought, yeah. Um, <laughs> a match that wasn't a flop was the World Tag Team title match between Team Amphishin, also known as Red Dragon, Bobby Fish and Carlo Riley, successfully defending their tag team titles against the American Wolves in a fantastic tag team match in this Personally, this or the Jay Lethal match were my two favourites and they completely stole the show. And to me, those two combined with what we're going to talk about afterwards, um, the main event and the moment of the main event, just make this worth, like a recommendation worth paying to see. Um, John, what did you think of the tag team title match? I thought this was a great match and everything we thought it would be. We knew going into this what these four wrestlers were capable of doing. They're so similar, their styles would mesh so well that we know exactly what we were getting into when we saw this match, and it delivered in like every aspect of, of what we were hoping it would be. And they did a great job kind of playing on the feud, playing like going for each other's moves. Like I, I know that Red Dragon hit the like the alarm clock kick, and I believe the American Wolves hit the... Chasing the Dragon. Had, yeah, hit the Chasing the Dragon. And that they just did a great job kind of playing off each other like that. And I thought the end, ending was perfect because it was way too early for Red Dragon to lose the titles. Mm. But you can't really have them go like the American Wolves clean. So just having O'Reilly roll them up using the tights was a great way for them to win. And it gives O'Reilly kind of more bragging rights over Richards and why he yeah. uh, kind of left Team Ambition. Um, and also a good thing about that is it leaves room for a rematch, which I think is probably going to happen either at best in the world or at Border Wars, which is probably when the American Wolves will get the tag titles. But yeah, overall, I agree with John. It was a fantastic match and the finish is exactly what it needed to be at this point in the, in the feud. So, Stephen, if you've been listening, um, what did you I think? I have done. Um, I sort of just had to echo what you two said. I thought it was a brilliant match. It was as good as I hoped it would be. You know, these four men just have really, really good chemistry. I know they've, they've sort of been linked together in one way or another, you know, a lot. But they, uh, you know, that, that really does come through when they're in the ring, and it it made for a really, really entertaining match. I thought it was, it was slightly second best, I think, uh, behind Lethal and Algin, but it was a, uh, you know, a really, really good match. And I know a lot of, uh, I can see why people are a bit disappointed with the the finish. I'm not 100% sure if I particularly liked it. I can, I can see why they did it, because as you say, you know, it 
it leaves room for a rematch, but I just think they could have done something else. I'm not sure what, but... Maybe hit them with a book or something. <laughs> Where did they get a book from? I don't yeah. know. Or maybe choke them with one of their tight-fitting sweaters. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> they, they put it on Davey, it's just so tight he can't pick out. Yeah, because it was such a great match, and then you sort of just ended on a roll-up, and you're just like, oh, it was a sort of... Such an anti-climax that it was such a great match and you were expecting like an epic finish mm. and then it was a roll-up. And... But I suppose that was, you know, their heels and it was a kind of a troll move really. Like You've just saw this great match and now we're going to end it with a roll-up. So... Yeah, I mean, the thing is like, we forget that Team of Fishing have only been teaming for like, what, two or three months? And because they're so good and they're already the tag champs, you think they've just been teaming for ages. But at the end of the day, if this new team would defeat, defeat the Wolves cleanly, I mean, there's no room for a rematch, really. The American Wolves would have nothing to moan about, so I think that's probably why they did it. Yeah, I can think so. And uh, as you said, you know, they've only been together a, f- a few months now. I think they're already so good. It's, it's yeah. I think it was such a great move to put Fish and Oro together. I, I really do uh, take my half to Delirious for that. I think it was it's really uh, improved the tag div- division. Uh, you know, this feud I think will go on for a while, and uh, the American Wolves will eventually beat them for the belts, but. Uh, I think we'll see another couple of great matches in their title run. It's been a really good one so far. And then that brings us to the main event for the Ring of Honor World Championship, where, to I think everyone's surprise, I don't know if anyone predicted this, Jay Briscoe defeated Kevin Steen to become the new Ring of Honor World Champion. Um, I'm sure all of you know by now, but no one watching the iPay live saw this. Um, just as Scum started to interfere, the scream... The scream? Um, I was screaming. Yeah, so was I. It was 4am <laughs> and I was like, I was on bed, damn it. What's, what's um, the stream, rather, completely botched. It just said buffering. Um, it didn't work at all. Nothing. Kept refreshing, wouldn't fix itself. And then all of a sudden it worked. We have a new champion! <laughs> it's like, oh, what? I was like, what What the hell just happened? How the hell did su- this happen? It was such a... It was like, what is happening? How have I just missed that? So, of all so the times for the iPayView to botch, after all this time of iPayViews finally working and being fixed, it completely botches and we miss the finish to the, the end of Kevin Steen's almost one-year title reign and the first ever reign of Jay Briscoe and no one saw it. It's like, it's ridiculous. And then, <laughs> the best bit is we had a quote-unquote apology, is the most insincere apology ever, from uh, I think Marketh on the forum described him as 80s action villain Joe Cop. <laughs> uh, Why Ring of Honor so bad at apologising? I mean, yeah, I can. It was frustrating that they had the problems, but you know, a lot of their streams have been pretty good recently, and you can sort of you know forgive them for that. But then they just come out and either just don't even acknowledge that it happened. Or yeah. they just, or they do a Patrick Edwards incident. Th- this was this was bordering on Pat. They might have just brought Patrick Edwards back for the night and just been like, "Oh, I loved Border Wars. Uh, Border Wars. I loved Supercard of Honor. I really loved the finish of the main event. I'm sure you'll all agree. Just to like really <laughs> troll everyone. Because that Joe Coff was like, you know, it was a great, it was a great show. The end to the main event was a, it was a great. He, he, you know, he great said, quote, I'd like to congratulate Jay Briscoe on his title. Well, I'd like to congratulate us on not seeing it. <laughs> it's like it was the it was a terrible apology video. You could tell he wasn't being genuine, and it felt to me like a sales pitch. He was like, "The yeah, replay is clean. The replay is fine. Stop listening to me talking. Give you us your money. Was, Go and it watch it." It wasn't even clean at that point. It still yeah. wasn't bloody working. Yeah, yeah, it didn't work for me until the Monday after the show. Until so yesterday, to, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to watch it Saturday. I was trying to watch it Sunday, and it'd go from the second Cliff Compton interfered, it skipped directly. To, yeah, Jay to Briscoe this. celebrating. Yeah, so Joe Coff saying it was clean was a load of crap and it wasn't, which made the quote-unquote apology even worse that he was lying in it saying it was working. And I think they would have been better if they didn't do that video and had a written one because then you could read <laughs> it and imagine like Kerry Silken saying it or something. Or, you know, maybe have Kelly... Oh, not Kevin Kelly, he's terrible as well. Maybe yeah. just have Nigel or someone like that say it. Say exactly the same words and it'd probably come across fine. But when you have this Joe Coff who... Just something about him. You just don't want to trust him when he speaks, and <laughs> you don't get, you don't feel his sort of passion for the company or anything. And then when he just says the replay is clean, that's a load of crap. And yeah, that was not a very good PR move. That's what Ring of Honor needs: some good PR people to come and sort this sort of kind of stuff. They just out. need someone who isn't an idiot. 
surely an idiot would be like, this isn't a good idea. Like, who, whoever passed <laughs> that, whoever passed that bloody Patrick Edwards stuff, whoever allowed that to be put on the website, just why do you have a job? That they I mean, should have been fired, not Patrick Edwards. Well, so, exactly. Patrick Edwards, I, I think he must have been told just to be a massive troll. Because mm. surely he didn't really think that. And I mean, didn't they not read it before posting it? I mean, oh, and, and this video, it was just, oh, it was bad. And it really, really annoyed me because I was a bit annoyed that I didn't get to see the finish anyway. Because, you know, one of the biggest moments in Ring of Honor history. Nobody yeah, saw it. You stay up to 4 a.m. And, and some douchebag saying, telling me how good it was. And then I can watch it when I can't. And telling <laughs> other people to buy it when they won't be able to see it. Oh, yeah. Oh, we might have to close the show and just play this video because it's... It's terrible. I'm surprised Ring of Honor hasn't pulled it, to be honest. This joke yeah, video. I, say, I haven't oh, watched it yet. Oh, God. We need, we, oh, this can be the live reaction that we've been... You've never for. you've never heard this, John? I haven't watched it yet, no. Do you want to go and watch it now, or do you want me to play it on the uh, the Skype for you? Play it on the Skype. All right, then. Here we go. This is Joe Off. This was uploaded on uh, the 6th of April, which was a Saturday. So this is the day after the pay-per-view. Um, the stream was not working at this time, the, the replay... The replay wasn't working until yesterday, so uh, here's what Jokov had to say on Saturday. Good morning, and welcome to the Grand Ballroom at the, ha- at the Manhattan Center, where in a couple of hours we're going to do our national TV tapings. Um, I just want to thank the fans who ordered the iPay-Per-View last night, because it was probably one of the best Ring of Honor cards we've ever presented. And uh, I understand that some of you had some difficulty with the stream at one point towards the end of the match, which we totally apologize for. We are looking into the happenstance of that. I know that some of you missed some of the last match, which was some, fantastic. I just want to stop from there. Some of us, every single person. Every single person who was watching it didn't see totally. the last five. It's not even some of it. The last five minutes, so like more, a quarter, probably more than a quarter of the match. Here we go. And at this point, let me congratulate Jay Briscoe on his title. <laughs> but I will tell you this: the replay is clean. If you not. order the original, oh, order the today. Don't, don't order it. Me. Order it now. We're doing everything we can to bring you the best wrestling technology and everything. We appreciate your stream <laughs> that works. The best, the best wrestling of... technology and everything. <laughs> Ring of Honor is going to bring us the best technology of all time. Watch out, Sony like, and Microsoft. I just <laughs> imagine wrestling robots right now. Oh, How come their great technology doesn't allow me to watch the TV show? <laughs> <laughs> now, we must say, though, that there was a few places that did iPay-Per-Views this past weekend, including WrestleMania, and none of them worked properly. So if WWE can't do a stream right, then... You can't really blame Ring of Honor. It is just, I think... It's their, it's their reaction. Like, Obviously, the streams will... You know, technology is always going to mess up, no matter what it is. And it's it's frustrating and annoying. But as I say, you know, the last few ones have been pretty good. And it's just their reaction, the way they treat the fans. It's just, the way they handle things afterwards is, is probably more it is terrible than the stream. And Yeah. Yeah, if if the replay, if they admitted that they oh, were working as as much as we can to fix the replay, it wouldn't have been as bad. But saying the replay is clean and then you know we sp- we keep going on every day, is it fixture? Is it fixture? That was a pain in the ass. But I believe we have all. Well, I haven't seen all of it because when I tried to watch it, it still wasn't working. So I've seen most of the match. Um, John, you've seen it all, and I believe you have as well, Stephen. So, John, what, what do you think of the the main event? I thought the main event started off really slowly. I was kind of worried there for a little bit that it was not going to pick up and it was going to be a very disappointing main event. But by the time that Scum started interfering and that like, the Ring of Honor roster kind of came down to kind of thwart Scum's attempts to uh, keep the belt on Steen, it really picked up and the drama was there and it just became a great moment. And you kind of knew, I mean, obviously I knew that he was going to win, <laughs> but, but you could tell like the people in the crowd kind of knew they're about to see something special. And that when Matt Hardy got in to interfere and Kevin Steen kind of threw him out, that was, that was, I was, I was happy to see that. But just the ending sequence with them exchanging J drillers and package pile drivers, and then Jay, Jay Briscoe finally hitting the second J driller to pick up the win and seeing the crowd just, go crazy and Nigel began to start running laps around ringside high five I saw that yeah it was just a truly special moment and it's something that sadly none of us got to see only the people there live got to experience that and I think that kind of puts a big like a big black cloud over the Jay Briscoe title reign to begin with because every time we see it we'll just think we didn't get to see that it was kind of ruined (laughs) for us yeah because uh wait what do you think of the the main event Stephen 
Yeah, I thought the match wasn't as good as a, a lot of Steen's defences, but it was all about the moment at the end, which mm. unfortunately we didn't get to see live, which would have been brilliant. But uh, having watched it back, it was, I thought it was just a, you know really well done the way they had you know the roster around the uh, the ring. Uh, then you had like the interference of Matt Hardy, who Steen just threw out of there like a piece of garbage. Should I thought do you was think good. Matt Hardy? Do you think Matt Hardy started crying again? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, hope, I hope that's his new thing. I hope he just starts crying about everything. <laughs> That's his gimmick, just crying. Yeah, I thought I thought Nigel McGuinness really made this match again. You know, when he was commentating before, a lot of the matches he he commented in, you know, commentated on, he he made them even better. And I thought he did. You know, the way he was just saying, you know, come on, Jay, and was going crazy when he kicked out of the uh, package pole driver. I thought it was really well done. Uh, the match, as I said, it wasn't as as good as some of his title defenses, but uh, it was all about the moment, and it was a fantastic moment, and uh, it was really well done. Yeah, I completely agree, to be honest. The match was, as Steven said, it wasn't really about the match. The match was okay, but in terms of match quality, I think it was overshadowed by the tag title match and the normal contendership match. But the moment itself was very well done. It is just a shame that we didn't get to see it live because when you, you know, we saw the celebration live, but we didn't know how he won. And then when you watch it back, it's not the same. We don't have the same excitement and buzz around it. And, you know, when you know he's going to win, it sort of takes away from it. But trying to forget about all that and just look at it. It was very good, and I'll give them credit to how it was done. But actually, before we talk about what's next, do you want to give perhaps an overall thoughts, your overall summary on the show, and do you recommend it? Um, there's actually a review that just went up on rhworld.com of the show. We gave it four stars, which is slightly lower than the four and a half that 11th anniversary got, but it's still a great score. So I'll go to you first, John. You wrote that review. Why don't you give you a sort of overall summary of the show, and would you recommend people check it out? This show is an easy recommendation. Just for it, just for the Elgin Lethal match, it had the great uh, tag team title match, and it had one of the best moments in Ring of Honor history with Jay Lethal winning the belt. So this is an easy recommendation for that, and there's no bad matches on this card. At the very worst, you has had a pretty good match, and when a pretty good is the worst match you get, it's a show you've got to see, so I easily recommend this show. Did John say Jay Lethal won the belt? Did I say Jay Lethal? I meant <laughs> Jay You should have two people named Jay in the same company. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's what should have happened at... Uh, yeah, you're pay- having flashbacks. <laughs> what paper was it? 11th anniversary, I thought that was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm still taking a stand on that prediction. I just got the timing wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen one day. I, I uh, agree Steven? with John though I think 4 out of 5 stars is, was, was what I'd give it as well I thought it was a really strong card not quite as good as 11th anniversary in my opinion but um, you know, we had two really really fantastic matches in the tag match and the Elgin and Lethal match they were both fantastic uh, Steen and, and Briscoe you know, as we said wasn't as good but just for the moment at the end is, is going to be one of those matches that you'll go back and watch again just so you can see it Um I think yeah, Anderson and Strong was was good again, and even the first couple of matches, you know, while they weren't going to steal any show, they were pretty entertaining, pretty funny, and I think everything on the card sort of you know did its job apart from maybe the TV title match, which if if that had have been up to standard, I think this probably would have got four and a half stars as well. So uh, I think it's definitely a recommendation, you know, for fifteen dollars, you you really can't go wrong. It was a really enjoyable show, as I said, a couple of really really you know four star plus matches and it was just a really good watch from start to finish so uh yeah definitely recommend it yeah i have to agree with you guys really i mean it's good that ring of honor have kept this good streak of pay-per-views going i think ever since glory Biner in october we've not had a bad ring of honor pay-per-view which is great to see them turn around after we had some shoddy ones sort of middle of last year so it's good to see the sort of hot streak going and now before we sort of wrap up the show and we've talked about the pay-per-view but now What's for the future of Ring of Honor? Do you guys think that Jay Briscoe is going to have a lengthy reign, or is he more of a transitional champion because he's got Adam Cole to face at Border Wars in about a month's time on pay-per-view, and BJ Whitman's got a title shot at a house show, and also Michael Elgin's the number one contender, so he's got a title shot as well. Um, what do you guys think? How long do you think Jay Briscoe will be champ for? I don't I think, think he'll be well, champ for very long. I don't think so. I think he's going to be more of a transitional champion. Uh, I think it's mainly to fit in with the storyline rather than any sort of massive plans for Jay, you know, especially. Um, mm. I have a I have a weird feeling that Cole's going to 
turn heel and join Scrum, but would a month reign be too short? I, I don't know. It'd be very, very short, especially for a world title reign. A Ring of Honor haven't had many world champions, so to have a reign that short would be very uh, out of character. But I think if Cole were to turn heel and join Scum, I think that would be a pretty major moment as well. So uh, even if that doesn't happen, I can't see Jay being champion for very long, to be honest. I think, you know, maybe three or four months at the most, I'd say. Mm. If that. I think... Um... Personally, if he doesn't drop it to Adam Cole, which um, I initially thought he would based on the fact that Adam Cole heel turn would be great, it would be a good way to keep the scum storyline going. Um, there's a stipulation that was added for a tag match at Border Wars that I won't say because of spoilers that results in scum getting a future title shot. That's all I'll say, which wouldn't really make sense if one of their own members was the world champion. So that leads me to think that Jay Briscoe will retain here, but most likely drop it to... I'm thinking perhaps Michael Elgin, although I'm not sure where that would fit into the RH versus Scum storyline, unless they separate the belt from that and have you know Ring of Honor battling Scum in sort of the undercard, but still have the main event title matches. I'm not really sure. Um, John, what about what do you what do you think? Yeah, I hope Jay Briscoe gets a long title reign. I've been wanting to see him champion for a long time, but I can't see it being no longer than a four or five month reign. I think that'd be good for him right now and. That could fit into the scum Ring of Honor storyline because that's the thing, you can't really pass the belt around at this point without yeah. it somehow affecting that storyline. So I, I think that's his. He's going to lose it in some way that will benefit the benefit the scum Ring of Honor story. But I'm I'm glad to see him as champion finally. So that uh, unless there's anything else you want to talk about, that brings an end to this week's ROH cast. No, I think we've covered everything, John. I think we've covered it all. Okay, so as I said, that wraps up this week's episode of the RH Cast, episode 84. I do hope you enjoyed this week's show. Thank you to Stephen and John for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If you did enjoy the show, be sure to let us know. Subscribe on iTunes or um, the rhworld.com website. It's also available on there and Stitcher Radio. Um, if you did like the show, be sure to leave a review on iTunes. Let other people know that the show is good and enjoyable. And uh, thank you for listening. We will see you all next week when we'll talk about the spoilers from New York and all the match announcements and news heading into Border Wars. Thank you. <laughs>